It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trasenkos. Welcome to the podcast today, the Stacy and Stacy podcast. <laughs> this is our 34th episode of season two in this 30th week in ordinary time, Thursday, October 27th of the year, 2022 of our Lord. <laughs> Those are all the numbers for the day. <laughs> and it is um, a wonderful joy to be with you today uh, to read the scripture in Ephesians about putting on the armor of God with Miss Stacy. And um, so we can stand firm against the tactics of the devil. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to look at the next section in the catechism. Those are numbers 65 through 67. And um, I, I get confused going through all the chapters and sections, but it is part one, the profession of faith. Section one, I believe. Article one, part Article 1, the revelation of God, part 3, Jesus Christ, mediator and fullness of all revelation. So there's a lot of parts. I get lost in all that. But there is hierarchy, hierarchy in everything for Catholics. It's something we learned when we converted. Lots of hierarchy. Know your place. Today, we're going to talk about that, knowing our place, remaining confident in the church. Yesterday, we talked about, hey, Catholic influencers, stop dividing the church stop questioning everything the pope does stop gossiping about bishops and cardinals and priests i know not everybody agrees with us on that and i i don't think some people who do participate in that gossip really understand what we're trying to say we're not saying throw your arms up and don't care and just say oh well there's nothing wrong no we're saying even when you think things are not going the way you think they need to go realize a you don't have all the facts B, there's a lot to be said for trying to understand the choices of the Pope before you criticize him. And C, above all this, like we're going to talk about today, put on the armor, trust in the revelation of Christ. The church is going to stand firm. Even if we're weathering a storm in the church, guess what? It's not the first time. There have been storms in the church from day one. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay if we keep the faith because our journey is to get to heaven in the beatific vision of the Holy Trinity in perfect happiness and joy for all eternity. That's our goal. So keep your eyes on that focus. And Stacy is going to pray with us and then read the scripture for today and tell us how to get dressed in the morning. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> okay, well, let's get started. A lot to cover today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you that uh, that you teach us your ways and, and that you you show us your path, Lord. Um, 
We just thank you for peace. We ask that you give us peace that passes all understanding today. We ask, Father God, that you would just uh, show us each step that we need to take. Lead us. And please open the eyes of our understanding that we would comprehend the scriptures. Give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear you. We love you and we praise you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Grab that coffee, a cup of tea, and at some point today, spend some time with the Lord with your Bible. I got my coffee and I'm doing that right now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, today we're going to be reading. Um, we're in Ephesians again. It's it's the it's the reading for today, and we are I think they're wrapping up Ephesians chapter six. So I'm going to read this, and then we'll talk about it. Brothers and sisters, draw your strength from the Lord and from His mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and with powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens. Therefore, put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand, that you may be able to resist on the evil day. And having done everything to hold your ground, stand fast with your loins girded in truth clothed with righteousness as a breastplate and your feet shod in readiness for the gospel of peace in all circumstances, hold faith as a shield to quench all the fiery flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer and supplication, pray at every opportunity in the spirit to that end, be watchful with all perseverance and supplication for all the holy ones. And also for me, that speech may be given me to open my mouth, to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, so that I may have the courage to speak as I must. Okay. I was excited to see that mm. this was the reading today because it's about the armor of God. There are six pieces that Ephesians talks about, and we're going to briefly discuss each one, and then we're going to get dressed in our armor today. So if you've been listening to us for any period of time, you've probably heard me say at one point or another that I enjoy the battle stories in the Bible. I feel like I've fought many battles, and I've been dressing in my armor of God for at least 26 years because my son is 26 years old. And I remember when the boys were little, I had little outfits for them. They had their helmet of salvation and their sword of the spirit and their shield of faith and their <laughs> breastplate of righteousness. And they'd run around the house dressed in their armor. <laughs> but we homeschooled and we started out learning even before they got in school, when they were little bitty, we, we started learning the, the armor of God. I love that. My, uh, my husband and I, we literally dress ourselves in the armor. We pray it um, not only over ourselves, but many times we pray it over each other. So first, before you go to battle, first things first, you got to know who you're fighting, right? So let's start with the, uh, it says, draw your strength from the Lord and from his mighty power, put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. So he's, He's who we're fighting. It says our struggle is not with flesh and blood. 
So I know you've heard this before, but your husband's not your enemy, your boss, your children, your friends, the lady at the dry cleaners, the man at the bank. They're not your enemy, but we do have we do have one. And it says our struggle is with principalities, with the powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens. And so because of that, the Lord tells us to put on our armor so that we can resist on the evil day. And having done everything to hold our ground, we can continue to stand. So having done everything to stand, stand, keep standing, don't sit down, don't give up because we will reap a harvest in due time if we don't grow weary, if we keep fighting. And I know what the, I know. <laughs> I know what it's like to get battle weary because I fought so many battles, I feel like. But this is where the Bible tells us what to do and how to dress for battle. And, um, you know, I know that us ladies want to know how to dress for every occasion. So <laughs> for battle, this is what we do. And men too. So we fasten the belt of truth around our waist. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Um, we hold a shield of faith. It quenches the fiery, the flaming arrows. I, I want to say the fiery darts, but the flaming arrows of the evil one. And then we take the helmet of salvation and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And that's the, the armor. So let's go through each one. We put on our belt of truth. The belt was not like the ones we wear today. It was actually part of the armor that was worn by the soldier. And it had to be tight, girded tight around their waist because it held the, uh, the other pieces on. It was made of thick leather and metal. And it was the first piece of armor listed here because if we don't know the truth, we can be carried away by every wind of doctrine. We can fall prey to the latest fad, the next big movement. I mean, we might actually start to believe everything we read on the Internet, right? So we have to know the truth. Without being grounded in truth, we can easily be convinced of, I mean, fill in the blank, anything. This world's got a lot of crazy things going on, and we might just start following suit if we don't know the truth. And the enemy wants to plant seeds of doubt, wants to cause confusion and keep us in bondage, but knowing the truth will set us free. The breastplate of righteousness. And uh, Isaiah 64, 6 says, all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags, filthy cloths. Our righteousness isn't good enough. So Jesus gave us his. He who had no sin was made sin, our sin on the cross, so that we who had no righteousness might be made the righteousness of Christ Jesus, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. We were the breastplate of righteousness because he gave it to us, because he paid such a high price, a higher price than anyone could have ever paid, and he freely gives it to us. For while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Our shoes of peace. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Romans 10, 15. 
I love that scripture because it was spoken over my son when he was born. Jesus tells us that he gives us peace, unlike the peace that the world will give you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, he says. Sometimes it's peace that causes us to turn to the left instead of to the right. And sometimes it's a lack of peace that causes us to do a U-turn. Everyone needs peace in their lives, their families, their relationships. We need peace in the church. It is the one thing everyone's looking for and how powerful it is to find someone who exemplifies the peace of Christ. So put your shoes of peace on your beautiful feet and be ready to share the good news of the gospel wherever God leads. Shield of faith. A Roman shield was large. It covered the soldier's body. He could hide behind it. He could press in against his enemy. He could actually build a shield wall with his fellow soldiers. And, and it literally would protect them from arrows that were being shot at them. It was used defensively and offensively. And since we don't know what tomorrow holds or even what the next few minutes hold, we are told to hold faith as a shield in all circumstances at all times. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone who approaches God, anyone who comes to him must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's in Hebrews 11. When the enemy flings those fiery darts, those flaming arrows to cause us to doubt or to try to convince us that our situation is too big for God, faith says, my God is able. My God is bigger than Goliath. <laughs> Nothing is impossible for my God. We walk by faith and not by sight. So always carry your shield, your shield of faith that quenches all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Okay, your helmet of salvation. It is God's will that everyone be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not his desire that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. God loves us. He desires for us to draw near to him. And when we do, he draws near to us. The helmet of salvation is another piece of armor that protects our minds against the lies of the enemy. The enemy is the father of lies. So it makes sense when he speaks, he lies. He wants to hinder our walk with the Lord and hinder us clearly hearing the Lord. So I put my helmet of salvation on and I take every evil negative thought captive in obedience to Christ. And I thank God that he guards my heart and my mind. All right. The sword of the spirit. I love this one. It's the word of God. The sword of the spirit. The word of God is sharp and true. When Jesus was in the desert being tempted by the devil, he used his sword to defeat the enemy. Every time the devil would say something to him, try to tempt him, Jesus would reply with, it is written. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Or it is written. One doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God is referred to as a sword in Hebrews. It says that the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Learning scripture sharpens our sword. And when you find yourself on the battlefield, that's not the time to sharpen your sword. You need to have it prepared and ready to go. And that's why I encourage you every day to read your Bible and spend time with the Lord. The sword is a vital piece of the 
armor that we're supposed to wear every day and we need to keep it polished. We need to study it. We need to learn how to effectively wield it, swing it, use it. Okay, one last thing. Pray, pray, pray with all prayer and supplication. Pray at every opportunity in the spirit. Okay, that's it. So now it's time to get dressed. Now I have to put my lipstick on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you don't have to fix your hair though, because we're going to put a helmet on. <laughs> now, okay. When okay. I get when I pray and I get dressed in the in the armor, I usually start with the helmet and just work my way down to my feet. My husband does it different. He prays it in the order that it is in the Bible. So if oh, there's no set okay. way, you can do it however um, you want to. That's great. Uh, okay, so here we go. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, I pray this over everyone that hears this podcast today or in the future. We put our helmet of salvation on to guard our minds from negative thoughts that we may stay focused on you. We put our breastplate of righteousness on to guard our hearts. And the belt of truth buckled tight around our waist. Thank you, Lord, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And your truth sets us free. We put on the shoes of peace, ready to share the good news as you lead us, wherever you lead us, Lord. We follow you. We trust you. We hold up the shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Walking by faith and not by sight, we choose to follow you, Lord. We hold firm the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, sharp and true. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Stacy. Um, I've never heard that scripture read that way before, and I will never read it the same way wow. again. Uh, I love that putting on that. It's amazing that you and your husband do that every morning and that your little boys <laughs> actually oh. had their armor when they were little. I mean, what a, <laughs> what a great way to go through life like a warrior, because we do have to face spiritual battle every single day. Like we, we should never, ever forget that we face spiritual battle. All kinds of things want to shake our faith yeah. in the world each day. Our next part of the catechism is, like I said, section 65 through 67. And it's the end of this article about the revelation of God. And so yesterday we talked about the history. God reveals his plan of loving goodness two days ago. Yesterday we talked about the, the stages of revelation through the Old Testament. And that brings us to the New Testament, which is the section today, Christ Jesus mediator and fullness of all revelation. So this is crazy. Like I, this is something I never knew before being Catholic. One of those many things. God has said everything in his word, capital W word. In many and various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets. I'm quoting the catechism here which is um, in Hebrews 1, which Stacy was also talking about. In many and various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son. Christ, the son of God made man, is the father's one perfect and unsurpassable word. In him, he has said everything. There will be no other word than this one. That's it. Christ, the son of God made man, spoke 
everything to us at once in this sole word. He has no more to say. And so that that is what the church teaches, that all revelation ended with Christ. There will be no further revelation. That means we don't have to sit around waiting like what else has God got to tell us? He told us everything we need to know in the revelation of Jesus Christ and all the Old Testament led up to that moment in time, that fullness of time. And so what does that mean? It means for us Catholics, and what does that mean for the development of doctrine? This is how I finally came to understand what the development of doctrine is. It does not mean that Christ is going to reveal new things to us. It doesn't mean that that some new thing is going to jump out at us. What it means is we, in the development of doctrine, our understanding, us humans, we will increase our knowledge of what Jesus Christ revealed. We will dig ever deeper into those mysteries with each generation. And so when theologians do work and when they contribute new knowledge to the field, they're not like saying, oh, Jesus had a friend who said this, and now we need to add that to the catechism. No, that's ridiculous. What we're saying is this in our day and time with what we know, and this is where I get involved with science sometimes, because sometimes science can help shed new light on things, on understanding who the human person is. We come to a deeper understanding. We do it in our own lives. We do it as a human race, as the generations go by. And so all revelation is complete in Jesus Christ. Now, the last thing the catechism says here is there have been so-called private revelations. So this kind of makes me a little nuts. Sometimes people come along and they're like, Jesus spoke to me <laughs> and and and, I, and he told me to tell you to do this. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel I feel a little um, hesitant when people say that because I'm not really sure. No, the church says this. There have been so-called, that's a word that is used in the, in the catechism, private revelations. And some have been recognized by the authority of church, of the church. The church says it's okay to believe that. There have been Marian apparitions, for example, and the church says it's okay to believe that. The church doesn't, however, say you must believe that. They don't belong to the deposit of faith. It is not those private revelations role to improve or complete Christ's definitive revelation, but to help us live more fully by it in a certain period of history. The magisterium calls this the census fidelium, and that means that we understand the sense of faith. We know how to discern and welcome these revelations, whatever constitutes an authentic call of Christ or his saints in the church. Christian faith cannot accept revelations, though, Last point, very important. We cannot accept revelations that claim to surpass or correct the revelation of which Christ is the fulfillment. So that's what some non-Christian religions do. That's what some Protestant denominations do. We can't accept that. So the magisterium guards the deposit of faith. Oh, I, I love that. I mean, I, I love it. I, I, I love the fact that you're going through the catechism. I mean, when I came into the Catholic Church, I, um, you know, I learned a lot of don't do's and a lot of the the rules and stuff. And I just think that this validates everything. It, it mm -hmm. validates the word of God. I mean, it's instructional, mm -hmm. but I love the way you explain it. And it's just, it's refreshing. It's informative. I, I'm just, I'm thankful that you're going through this. 
it gives me confidence too to remember that. Like I, I knew that, but I, it's such it's so strongly worded in the catechism. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, w- I want to take what we've talked about today. And um, so we talked about putting on our armor. We talked about how we can be so certain of the revelation of Jesus Christ. That ought to equip us to go out in the world and fight like warriors. Right, Stacey? (laughs) That ought to equip us to be strong in our faith. So I want to turn now with this information to a difficult topic in our time because Stacey and Stacey get real and we and we do talk about the issues um, secure in in our armor and our faith. There's a woman newly appointed to the Pontifical Academy of for life. The Pontifical Academy for Life. Her name is Mariana Mazzucato. There was um, an article in the National Catholic Register, and there's been other writings at Crux and other um, websites. The controversy is because this woman is an atheist, and she has professed to have pro-choice views, pro-abortion views. And so people are like, why is she on the Pontifical Academy for Life? Good question. (laughs) But let us try to help here, or let me just at least tell you what I do when it comes to these issues. First of all, I don't say Pope Francis is crazy. What the heck? He can't be the real Pope. Oh my gosh, he's trying to destroy the church. I don't do that. Because if you're standing there in your armor and you're reading the catechism and you're sure about the revelation of Christ, you kind of sound like a wimp if that's what you're going to (laughs) say. You kind of sound like a whip if you're like, Pope Francis is trying to destroy the church. Help, help. No, it's that's not the right attitude to take. I I follow the Pontifical Academy of Sciences. I get my fours and my ofs. It's Pontifical Academy for Life, Pontifical Academy of Sciences. I follow that academy all the time because faith and science is my wheelhouse. And I read what they publish all the time. Guys, they appoint non-Catholics who do hold views that are contrary to the the truth guarded by the magisterium. They appoint people like that to that academy all the time. Pope John Paul II did it. Pope Benedict XVI did it. Pope Francis still does it. Why do they do it? You, You have to understand what they're trying to do with these academies. They do it in the Pontifical Academy of Sciences because they want the expertise of the very best in their fields throughout the world to come and sit around the table. It's beautiful, actually. They say, come, the church takes an interest in science so much that we want to hear from the very best. Hey, you scholar, you're the very best in evolutionary biology. We know you're not Catholic. We know you don't agree with everything the church teaches. Come sit down at the table and tell us what you think about this issue. Now, The academy itself has the authority in the end. It doesn't mean the academy is not going to say to the Pope, oh, you need to support abortion now. Uh Uh-uh. No, that's not going to happen. Divine revelation is not going to change. The word of Christ is not going to change. What happens is in this confidence, in the confidence of our faith, we all need to be willing to listen to other people. And I, I think this gets at something very fundamental for Catholics today. Be confident. You aren't going to be able to evangelize if you're scared to talk to people who are not Catholic. And now, and now I know I know what you're thinking because I thought it too, and Stacy and I talked about it. You're thinking, okay, but that's very different from appointing someone 
to a position of authority at the Pontifical Academy for Life, who not only is she not Catholic, she holds views absolutely contrary to the Pontifical mm -hmm. Academy for Life. Mm -hmm. True, granted. But again, we would urge you to stay calm. Go to her website, Mariana Mazzucato. Go to her website. She teaches economics of innovation and public value at the University College of London. She has been praised for her forward-thinking views on the economy in a, in a global society where we have new questions we've never had to deal with before um, about how to be treat all people justly. She has a pro-life aspect to her expertise. There is something pro-life that drives, I get the impression, that drives what she does. Go read what she's about. Go read her ideas and understand that's all the Pontifical Academy for Life is doing. They're listening to the good. And the church has done this since day one. In, in pagan Hellenistic Greek, the church took what Aristotle taught and they combed through it and they kept what was true and they rejected what was false. It's all the church is doing today. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's any reason to get get upset. Maybe, maybe you're like, oh, well, I want to follow this. I want to see what she says. That I get. There have been people appointed to the Pontifical Academy of Sciences that I'm like, uh, hey, get out of our playground. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I want you there. Um, th they need to invite me instead because I'll tell them better. You know? <laughs> That's a little bit. But then I read, I pay attention, I stay calm. I've done this for years. And you learn something. Okay. Stacy and I are both learners. Mm -hmm. We're not afraid to learn. Take an open mind in that sense with what's going on. And and if you just can't have an open mind, you're like, no, I just can't do it. I don't see why the Pope is doing this. Let us just reassure you with that armor and in the confidence that Jesus Christ is the fullness of revelation. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. The church is not going to fall apart. The Pope is not going to dismantle the church. Every single day, our job is to fight for the souls that, of people we come in contact and pray for them. And if you ever get worried, please just go pray. Pray to God and say, God, I don't understand what's going on in the church. I trust this is the church instituted by Christ. I trust that you, the Holy Spirit, are here in the church. Help me to grow in my own understanding of what's going on in the world. And if you're worried the Pope's making bad decisions, you know, I, I wouldn't say I agree with everything he said or done, but, but we're not compelled to agree with every single thing he says or does. If, if you're worried that he's making bad decisions, pray for him, too, because he's got a big job. I mean, that's our message today. Be confident. Don't worry. It's going to be OK. Yes, yes. And the very end of the reading today, the scriptures say, with all prayer and supplication, pray at every opportunity in the spirit. To that end, be watchful with all perseverance and supplication for all the holy ones. And also he's saying in the scriptures today, he's saying, pray for me. So pray for the Pope, pray for those in leadership, pray for um, that. the It says for all the holy ones and also for me, that speech may be given to me to open my mouth, to make known with boldness, the mystery of the gospel. So just pray, pray, pray. That's part of our warfare is to pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. So we hope you have a good day. We hope we've helped put your mind at ease. Um, you know, this woman is our age. So she she's she's one of us. And if she walked up to me, I can't imagine that I would start screaming at her. Hey, you're an atheist. It'd be like, hey, nice to meet you. Tell me, tell me, you know, it's an honor to meet you. Tell me about your views. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Calm.
All right. Have a good day. I'm Stacy Trasenkos. <laughs> and I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. <laughs>If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>